Go Your Own Way is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Enjoy the adventure. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Go Your Own Way, the podcast where we choose our own way through tall tales and short stories. (laughs) (laughs) That'll make sense to you listeners in just a minute. Always tell the punchline before the setup. Yeah, I know. I feel like that's how I do the intro on this. (laughs) So this is your host, Peter. Who else is on this podcast? Jen's on the podcast. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm a host person. And Eric is on this podcast. I am. I'm Eric. I'm also a host person. Nice. Yay. Woo! We're all legally defined as people. Jen, I believe you chose... You know it. You chose the story on choose your own, choose your story dot com. I chose a story right. named "The Murdering Midget," which is a horror by Small Fry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sounds fun! Is it rated pretty well? Um, it's rated not the best, certainly not the worst. Well, that's all we can overhope for. Mm-hmm. The murdering midget. Where is? Oh, here it is. Okay, with two exclamation marks. By the oh, way. Oh yeah. So it's bound to be exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, hopefully, no one is going to be upset by graphic realism. That that's the little warning in the description. Oh. So. <laughs> so yeah. Also, I don't know if the term midget is politically <laughs> correct. Bless you. It's not. Um, it's not, but for the purposes of staying with the author's original intent, we will use that term for this episode. Just like you're sound allowed to say the N-word when you read Tom Sawyer aloud. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's true. I wonder if there's a choose-your-own Tom Sawyer book. Oh, I would love that so much. Maybe there mm. is. I mean, we've had choose-your-own from a bunch of different stories on here, so... You never know. I had to type it in really quick. <laughs> um, at first glance, doesn't look like it, but Aww. if we dig around, we might find something. Maybe there's like a Mark Twain that's this mashup of a bunch of Mark Twain stuff. That'd be pretty cool. That would you be to hang out with the jumping frog. You get to kill your conscience. Ooh. <laughs> I've always wanted to kill my conscience. Right? I know. I could do so much. Yeah, you'd be free. Mm -hmm. You'd have nothing holding you back. Oh, yeah. You'd have no strings on you. I might even become a murdering midget. That's true. Your conscience keeps you from being a midget, right? (laughs) Or a murderer, but... Or a murderer. Well, I was getting to that. (laughs) I mean, we're not saying it with malicious intent, and I doubt most people are ever saying it with malicious intent but one thing is that the midget in this story does have malicious intent yes he does shall we get started children vamanos let's get started page one it is eight o'clock p.m you're sitting in your favorite reclining chair and watching tv when suddenly a special news report breaks into your show. Attention! Emergency alert! 
those that live in the vicinity of Headstone Lane and Graveyard Drive. Oh my gosh. A suspicious character has been seen in the area wielding an axe and screaming obscenities. He is very dangerous. Lock all your doors and windows and do not call the police. They have already been dispatched to the area. It has been reported by eyewitnesses that this character is male, approximately 4 feet 3 inches in height, and could be experiencing hallucinations from the new street dog, Methrodone. Those living in the area, be careful and cautious. Now we return you to your program, Planet of the Dead. <laughs> wow. You stare in amazement at the screen. You live on Headstone Lane. Is this a joke? This part of town is populated by retired folks and good church-going people, you think. Suddenly, there's a knock on the door. What do you do? Do we look through the peephole or ask, who is it? We ask. We won't be able to see him through the peephole if it's the midget. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Very smart. I agree with this. Alright. Who is it? Who is it, you ask? No one answers. You stare at the front door as if it would open on its own. Bang! 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 Louder this time. What do you do? Just open the door or look through the peephole? Part of me wonders is if if we just open the door, we're going to get stabbed immediately. (laughs) Like two minutes into the story. Like we should look through. Yeah, but again, I don't know. We can't see through him or her through the people. Oh, I guess they said it's a man. So I well, I guess to... if we do see something, then we know it's not the midget. Oh, that's logic. Let's do that. Okay, look through the people. You get out of your chair and look out the people of your front door. You don't see a thing. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. This guy's only four feet tall, you think? He could be right on the other side of the door, and I still wouldn't be able to see him. Just then, you hear glass breaking at the far end of the house. Sounds like the bedroom, you think? You own a 9mm handgun, but keep it under the bed in your bedroom. Could it be the murdering midget coming through the bedroom window at this very minute? What if he finds the gun? What do you do? Run out the front door, make your or make your way to the bedroom and try to get the gun. Now, when we make our way to the bedroom, is the phrase try to get your gun an innuendo? <laughs> but see, it still might not be the midget because we looked through and we didn't see anybody, but by that time he was already breaking into the bedroom. So he could still be someone tall enough to see. He just wasn't standing there. Maybe it's like your friend trying to get into your house, but he's breaking in for some reason. Maybe he's trying to get away, and he doesn't want to make noise by shouting that he's your buddy. So he smashes your window. So he smashes your window, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm in favor of having a gun, personally. Yeah, me too. Running out the door seems silly. Okay. Ding. That was a very sad ding. Ding. There you go. You slowly walk down the hallway and into your bedroom. You flick on the light. Nothing seems disturbed. Wait, you see a small hatchet laying on the bed. 
A closer look, you find a red substance on the blade. Is it blood? You ask yourself. You reach over the bed and pick up the small axe. You start to further investigate the axe when you hear a scream come from outside the house. You drop the axe back onto the bed and run over to the bedroom window. The window has been broken, and you step on pieces of glass. Luckily, you have your trusty oh. shoes on, and you don't get cut. Well, clearly, oh. the protagonist is not Asian, because <laughs> we take off <laughs> shoes off in the house. The street well, lights. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. The street I, I, that was kind of bothering me from the beginning, whether he was Asian or not. Well, I would not have had my shoes on, so... My feet would be all cut up. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The street lights are on, and you see the shadow of a large man limping up the street. The figure's left leg seems hurt. As the figure makes his way into the bright glare of the next street light, you notice that the man is a police officer. Help! He screams. His gun is in his right hand, and his left hand is held down at his hurt leg. The leg is leaving a small trail of blood behind him. Seeing the cop's gun reminds you of your own gun under the bed. Wait a minute, you think. You finally realize that the midget might be in the house with you right now. If so, where could he be? Should you make a dash for the gun under the bed, climb out the window to help the cop, or call out to the cop? Well, climbing out the window seems bad because we're going to cut ourselves on all that glass yeah we shouldn't climb out the window so i don't think that's the best thing i well we originally came to the bedroom to get the gun right right yep so maybe we should do that okay i am in favor yeah because we call out to the cop before we have our gun that might draw <clears throat> attention bless you thank to ourselves before we have a weapon that's true and then the murdering midget will kill us murder all us all right. With his midgety ways. So, <laughs> all right, let's go for the gun then. All right. Finding the gun under the bed, you check it to make sure it's loaded and the safety is off. It's been a long time since you even used the thing. It's loaded. You feel much mm. better now. You walk back over to the window to try to locate the cop, but he's nowhere to be found. Could the midget still be in the house? You almost say aloud. You check every room of the house with gun cocked and ready for anything. You find nothing. You decide to hop into your car and try locating the injured police officer. Driving down Headstone Lane, you locate, your locate him, two other cops, <laughs> and half of the neighborhood at the corner of the street. Paramedics are pulling up to the scene. Upon asking if the officer is alright, one cop replies, he got into it with that murdering bastard and wounded him, but not before getting the axe in the crotch. Oh, God. Oh, God. You cringe just thinking about it. You relay the happenings of the night to the officers and express the possibility of the little dude still being at your house. You lead them to your home, along with half the neighborhood gathering at the front of your driveway. You watch the officers enter your house, and you cross your fingers for good luck. Five minutes pass, and a female officer comes back out, motioning you to come inside. You are escorted into the house and into the master bathroom. There, in the cabinet under the sink, lay the murdering midget, dead from a gunshot wound to the chest and laying in his own blood. 
I'm amazed he made it as far as he did, sustaining a wound like that, exclaims the female officer. You turn and walk out your front door, finding Channel 3 News on your doorstep. Were you frightened? asks the reporter. I'm just glad it's over, you reply. The end. And there's a little author's note at the end. Good work. The murdering midget is dead and things didn't even have to get messy. Cool. Um, I'm so confused. So that, was, that was easy. That was... Wait, we literally did nothing. We literally did nothing. We just read a story. I was and... expecting us to like have to like shoot the guy. or. So he just was dead in our bathroom cabinet the cops shot him uh when he axed him Hmm. and then he axed his way through the window and then and then hid in our cabin and the cops found him and shot him for a horror story the worst thing we're gonna have to do is clean up a little bit of blood yeah you know should we try again (laughs) (laughs) be a little more reckless this time but it's gonna you it's, it's not only gonna end sooner than that because it'll be like, open the door, and you open it, and he just axes you in the face. You know what I mean? Well, probably the crotch. Or the crotch, yes. Well, should we just go back one, or should we go back to the door? Uh, I mean, okay. Maybe go back to the room and yell to the cop? Okay. Instead of going for the gun, we should talk to the cop. Right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, let's give that okay. a try. So call, okay, so back... So, back one. so this is before we get the gun. We're going to call out to the cop. Right. Okay. All right. So let's call it to the cop who apparently got an axe to the crotch. Help! He's over here! You scream out to the world. The policeman does not seem to hear you. You call out again and again. The cop just keeps limping up the street. You could still try to climb out the window or even better... Make a run for the gun under the bed. The midget is very close, though. You can just feel it. So which is it? Do we make a run for the gun or climb out the window? Well, as much as I love a little rhyme and make a run for the gun, that sounds like a cold name for a song. <laughs> but um, we already did that. All right. I kind of want to get us cut on the window. So we should climb window. out. All right. Make a run it. for the gun. <laughs> Wait, we're making a run for the gun or we're climbing? No, I was just singing that. Sorry, okay. it's confusing. All right, let's climb out the window. <laughs> you carefully break off the jagged edges that are still protruding out from the windowsill. Ping, ching, playing. The, sing- <laughs> the sounds of the breaking glass catches the attention of the police officer. He turns and aims his weapon in your direction. You're Wait, f- shouting at him? He hears nothing. <laughs> break little pieces of glass. He gets all. Crazy. Yeah, what the hell? You are too busy trying to climb the wall and out of the window when you feel a piercing pain in your left thigh. You reach back in pain and feel the axe deeply embedded in your leg. <laughs> the midget reaches up and grabs the belt loops of your le- Ooh, Levi five hundred ones. He tugs you off the wall and drags you back into your room face down, screaming in agony. You realize the crazy man was hiding somewhere in your room all along. The little man stands over you and 
grabs the axe firmly with both hands. He pulls the axe from the back of your thigh with a disgusting slurp. Dark blood drips from the blade. Your blood this time. He holds the axe high over his head and with one fierce motion brings it crashing down into your spine and severing it right below the shoulder blades. You scream again, but this time your screams are met with a loud blam, blam. Two bullets enter the midget's skull, quickly putting him on his back, dead to the world. Are you all right, sir? Oh, no. It's the police officer leaning over the window and into the bedroom. He somehow made his way over to your yard and to the rescue. Unfortunately, he was too late. Note, you so much want to yell out to the cop, but oh well. Just to think, that gun is still sitting pretty under the bed. Try again. (laughs) Um... Wow. I think my favorite part of that whole sequence of getting murdered was the product placement for Levi's. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I hope they didn't pay too much for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, we got the cops to murder the midget. We got killed by the midget. But I want to kill the midget. Don't <laughs> oh, you? you think there's a there's an ending in here somewhere where we get to kill the midget? I think so. I hope so. I'm I'm willing to look for that. Seems like there should be. This right. definitely took us a lot longer than I thought it would going through the window. So or whatever. So should we try go go back to the choice where we either go out the front door or go to the bedroom? Okay. Just open the door. Yeah, let's just open the door. <laughs> okay. Might be a dumb idea. We might get shot, but... (laughs) Alright. You open the door to run, but instead you're met with a gun to your head. A policeman standing to the side of the door has his gun drawn. Hold it, he yells. You put your hands in the air and exhale in relief. The cop holsters his gun and asks, Are you alright? You nod yes, although you're not really sure. My name is Officer Reeves. Sorry about the scare, but a crazed maniac has been loose in the area and was last seen running down your alley. You tell Officer Reeves about the sound of broken glass and the gun you keep under your bed. Officer Reeves concurs with the sound and tells you to go sit in his police car while he checks things out. Five minutes pass as you sit in the car, waiting in fear and excitement. Something should have happened by now, you think. Two gunshots sounds suddenly go off in the house and you see flickers of light gun blasts come from the bedroom area what do you do go back into the house or use the radio in the patrol car to dispatch for help (laughs) i kind of want to do that you want to dispatch for help yeah we don't get to do that in real life no (laughs) we 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 get to go back in the house in real life (laughs) all right let's do it Another three minutes pass before seeing three more police vehicles pull up in front of your house. You watch as six policemen run inside. An eternity seems to go by before an ambulance pulls up in front of the house and soon a body is wheeled out on a gurney. You jump out of Officer Reeves' patrol car and find that it's Officer Reeves being wheeled out to the ambulance. 
He's been shot in the leg, one of the officers replies. If it wasn't for your dispatch, he would have bled to death. No uh. one else was found in the house, but an axe was found next to Officer Reeves. Great. Now the crazed little man has a gun and is still on the loose. What now? Do you go back to your house, or do you get in your car and drive to your parents' house 30 miles away? <laughs> well, that no. sounds back in the house. Okay. Nah. I was just going to say it sounds safer to go to our parents' house. It does sound safer to go to because our parents' the, house. Because the murdering, the murdering midget has our gun and just hurt a guy in our house. Are we not trying to kill the midget? I thought we wanted to kill oh, the midget. Oh, that's true. But he has the gun. Oh, I guess we might be able to pick up the axe. Right. So much strategy here. All right. So let's go back in the house. Yeah, okay. You run back into the house and find the cops already taping off the area around your bedroom. The forensic team will be here shortly, a policeman reports. Since the lunatic is still at large, you decide to get into your car and drive to your parents' house 30 miles out of town. I hope they catch the freak, you think, as you start your, your car and pull out of your driveway. Unfortunately for you, the little freak somehow got out of the house and is laying quietly in your back seat. <laughs> Two days later, your body is found on the side of the road by a truck driver. <laughs> your vehicle is never recovered, and the murdering midget rides off into the sunset. Just kidding. <laughs> You make it to your parents' house. The midget is finally found dead in an alley close to your street, apparently killing himself with a gun, and you live happily ever after. You go ahead and decide which ending you like better, and make believe that that is the one that happened. Anyway, Hmm. the end. (laughs) Note, I just love short and or sweet endings. You decide, and thanks for playing. Well, in this story, they're all short endings. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Ooh. these have so, all been really. We go short. to our parent. He rides with us to our parents' house and then just decides to kill himself. So either we get killed, or the midget was never in our car, and they found him dead. Right, we get to. Choose. Oh, close to your street, being close to your own house. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I thought he like rode with you. To your parents' house, and then I thought this to was going to be longer, but I guess five yeah. out of eight means super duper short. This does not feel like any of the other five out of eight for lengths that we've done. Pretty sure Phoebe McGee was like five or six out of eight. Mm-hmm. And that, Phoebe McGee took like that was, seven hours. That was literally yeah, it was like four episodes of like an hour each. So I don't know. Oh my God, do we never get to? actually fight the midget i'm like now trying different options well to actually see if we um, get I get to fight the midget i did actually um accidentally find another way to go uh-huh when we decided to go through the door because i thought you meant from one step before what you did oh and then i was realizing that you weren't reading what i was looking at okay should we try that? Because so, if you start from the beginning, uh-huh. we a- we ask who is it, right? And there's I think there's no answer, right? And then we yeah, can there's no just... answer, and then we can just open the door. Okay, so should we just open so the door? If, if we do it that, then rather than running out later, okay. There's a different story. 
Jeez. Okay. Okay. Well, at least there's like lots of branching things. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's just open the door. You are shaken in fear as you get up from the recliner and slowly walk over to the door and grab the knob. Please be there. Please be there. You hear whispered from the other side. You open the door to see Alice, your next door neighbor, crying and shaking at your doorstep. What happened? You ask. There's a crazy kid trying to kill me. I need help. Alice blurts out as she faints and falls forward. You catch her and drag her into your living room. As you go to close the door, something catches the corner of your eye. It is the shadow of a short figure slowly walking up your driveway. You slam the door shut and bolt lock it. Great, you say to yourself, this midget psycho is after me and I don't even own a gun. Okay. Um, I think these are all like alternative timelines. Or maybe because you're imagining that this girl's in your life. You're also imagining that you don't have a gun. Maybe. So I don't know why you would imagine that, though. What should we do? Shall we hide in the kitchen or hide in the bedroom? Mm. Well, if we hide in the bedroom, we might realize that we do own a gun. We just forgot. Right. If we hide in the kitchen, we might be able to get a knife or something. Or a sandwich. If... Okay, sure. A sandwich. Well, all this fear is making me hungry. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, jeez. I don't know. These are all, like, super weird. I just... I've been, like, looking ahead trying to find the one where we murder the midget. And there's <laughs> one where you wake up in bed and Alice is your wife. That's an ending. Okay, we are, we are going that way. You want to go? <laughs> yeah, I want to go that way. Let's find the vanilla sky ending. So are we going to the bedroom, I'm assuming, from this? Yes, we're going to the bedroom. Alright. It's that kind of story. Dragging the unconscious body of your neighbor. Well, <laughs> you run down the hallway and into your bedroom. You can hear loud thudding noises coming from the front door. The midget maniac must be chopping down the front door with his axe, you think. You frantically scan your bedroom. Do you hide under the bed or in the closet? Under the bed. Under the bed. Because the gun is there. That's right. Let's go under the bed. Under the bed you go. As you lie there, shaking in fear, you start to hear screams coming from the living room. It's Alice. You left her there to fall victim to the murder midget. I was about to ask, did we bring her with us? I guess not. Alice, back here. You scream for her to come back to where you are. The pitter-patter of quickly running feet are heard as Alice runs down the hall and enters the bedroom. Under the bed, you whisper. Are you crazy? Alice yells back. If he catches us under there, we both die. She's got a point, you think. You scurry out from under the bed. The house suddenly grows quiet. The hacking on the front door has stopped, and all that is heard is the faint sound of the television. Suddenly... Alice picks up the digital alarm clock from off your nightstand and hurls it at the bedroom window. Smash! We have got to get out of here, she says. Alice runs over to the broken window and starts clearing out any shards of glass still protruding from the windowsill. 
You stand watch in the middle of the room with your eyes fixated on the doorway to the bedroom. Alice is already halfway out the window to the outside when the maniac turns from down the hall and slowly enters the bedroom. He stares at you with sweat pouring from his black matted hair down his face and dripping off of his chin. His chest heaving deeply from his recent battle with your front door. His eyes dart past you and focus on Alice climbing out the window. Alice screams as her pant leg gets caught on an unseen shard of glass. She's stuck, you think? Is this maniac just going to waltz in and finally kill her? If only she was wearing Levi's. Oh. <laughs> you want to move, but you seem frozen like a deer in the glaring eyes of the murdering midget. <laughs> as the midget slowly circles around you, he begins to cackle a laugh that seems to fill the whole house. You suddenly snap out of whatever trance you were in. The midget seems to be unarmed. If you tackle him now, Alice might have a chance to break free and get away. So what do you do? Tackle the midget or run down the <laughs> hall and make for the back door? Oh, man. Tackle the midget. I mean, they're ankle biters, sure, but, you know. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> did he not hack down the front door with an axe? He did, but I guess so then he, left he doesn't it there? have the axe now. Maybe it got stuck Maybe in the door. Maybe it got stuck. Uh, oh, this says make a run for the back door so he wouldn't get the axe. I was just thinking. Okay, so yeah, I think we should tackle the midget. Without thinking, you run directly at the midget. Your head connects with something hard and your vision becomes blurry. You look around the room but can't make anything out. It's too dark. You stagger about looking for the light switch and swinging your arms out in front of you. Tripping over something, you hit your head against the wall. Your body slumps to the floor and you black out. You can't breathe. You awaken to a horrible sight. You're still in your bedroom and the midget is laughing and jumping on your bed. He crouches at the <laughs> edge of the bed and stares down at you. Your head is throbbing with pain and your vision still seems a little blurry. With one quick thrust, the midget leaps forward. He lands feet first on your stomach. You try to yell, but there's no breath in your lungs. You make a desperate attempt to roll over, but small as this creature seems to be, he is much too heavy. You this can't, creature. Yeah. You can't move while he stands on top of you. He leans forward, stares down at your face, and says with a low, guttural growl, Your angel of death awaits you. The creature's mm. sweat drips off his head and down your throat. He squats God. low, suddenly snarls, lowers his head, and opens his mouth. Only then do you see that he has long, razor-sharp fangs. You tremble <laughs> all over as that wicked mouth moves closer. You stare at the face, and suddenly it changes. The blood... Matted black hair becomes long and curly. The face of a beautiful woman takes the place of the midget's hideous mug. It's Alice. Are, are you okay? Honey, wake up, Alice says with a worried look on her face. You bolt straight up into a sitting position and look around. You are in your own bed with Alice, your wife. She sits beside you in her red nightgown. 
you were screaming in your sleep again, she says. You calm down as reality all comes back to you. You are a comic book writer working on a horror story in graphic novel form. It's about a midget clown that goes on a drug-crazed frenzy, escapes the circus, and kills lots of people. Must be the story that I'm working on, you tell Alice. She kisses you on the cheek and tells you to get some rest. You let out a sigh of relief and settle back into bed. Good night, baby, you whisper to her. Good night, she replies as she turns out the light. The end. Note, good work. You survived the murdering midget, as if there ever really was one. <laughs> this is getting weirder with every ending. I know. <laughs> All these, like, parallel realities. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. It's like each each branch leads to a weird alternate universe. That's funny, though, because I was assuming when we went through it the first time that, oh, if we choose something else, they'll just kill us right away. But there's actually a lot of different yeah, it's kind of branches cool. of this of kind of equal length. That's right. interesting. And it really does encourage you to kind of go back and try another option and see what kind of ending you end up with well i'm glad we did that because otherwise we wouldn't have gotten this weird ending (laughs) exactly oh man so what do you think guys should we end it on this one or should we go back and try to find another i don't know i know you were asking about an ending where we actually kill the midget. I wonder if, like, within this branch, should we go to, like, the kitchen? I don't know. Or we could just end it here and let our listeners do the rest of the work. <laughs> I don't know. Let us know if you find an ending where we get to kill the midget. Yeah, because all of us have been sucking. Tell us on a Facebook page if you killed a midget. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that will definitely not get you on any kind of government list. But seriously, don't say that on our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just found one where you end up in a trash can and somehow end up at the city dump. Okay. What the fuck? Okay, we have to do that. <laughs> they just keep getting better. <laughs> no, I'm still trying to... I don't know. Oh, wait. I just woke up in the dark. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Oh, I found a weird Twilight Zone one. Oh, wait, there's two other ones? Oh, God. There's so many. Are we secretly the midget? Well, don't spoil all the endings, but it sounds like you found a couple other ones. Yeah, there's a lot of different kinds of endings, guys. What the heck? This is way more... Uh, Interesting. Extensive than so I that's imagined. where the play length comes from. Is you have to keep so. going back and trying another one. Huh? It's so weird. Can we play the the, the dump? Wait, what? What is the Twilight Zone one? Um, if you go in the closet instead of going under the bed, you end up in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> um. Because I thought, I thought it would work. I thought it was the ending that I would want because you get to attack the midget. Oh yeah, and then you don't. No. 
So how do we get to the... I want to do the dump one, though, at least. I think we should end on that. Wait, are we alive or dead in the dump? I think we're alive, because I think we wake up with a dump. Oh, okay. I think maybe the author doesn't know how garbage trucks work. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you see Toy Story 3? They all lived. (laughs) Okay, so... All right, so to get to the dump, instead of tackling the midget, we should have run down the hall and went to the back door. Okay? Got it. I've got to get out of here, you think. Leaving Alice in the hands of the midget? You bastard, she's your wife. (laughs) You run down the hall towards the back door of the house. No, wait a minute, no. Because in this dream, she's just our neighbor. That's true. Alice calls for you and is stunned by your actions just to leave her there. (laughs) As you get to the alley, you hear screaming, followed by, Blam! 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 You stop running and wonder where the gunshots came from. You wonder if you should run back to the house or keep running down the alley and away from all this madness. Three possibilities quickly come to mind. Do you go back to the house? Run to a neighbor's for help or climb in a trash can. Oh, climb in a trash can. It's obvious. Yeah. Climb in a trash can. The trash cans are large enough for you to hide in, and you crawl in one and close the lid over you. The stench of rotten food and diapers invade your senses, and you start to have second thoughts about this idea. Wait, so sorry. Did, Did it say whose trash can this was? No, but if it's your own so trash if can, it's where our are own, diapers coming just... from? <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about, listeners. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a couple of minutes, but you begin to get used to the smell. Now you're able to relax for the first time since the whole ordeal started. You fall asleep using a garbage bag filled with shredded paper and leftover meatloaf as a pillow. you're suddenly awakened by movement you push open the lid just enough to peek out it's daytime and the trash man is in the process of picking up the garbage you are hiding in you attempt to scream out for the truck to stop but the sounds of the hydraulic lift override your screams before you know it you are on your way to the city dump how embarrassing is that no Talk about a dumpy ending. <laughs> By the way, whatever happened to Alice? Hmm. We find out that she was in the next the the trash can next to us. Mm-hmm. All right. So we get married. We get married at the dump. See, I wonder if like all of these different endings are connected to each other, and if you string them together in a certain order, then like this is how we get married. Wow. And then. Like, we find an old comic book in the trash, and we're like, hey, I should make comic books as my career. Oh, man. That's really dumb, but yeah, that's not... <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool. Like, all of the endings string together to tell a story of their own yeah. that makes sense for itself, but all of the ways you get to those true moments is completely false that would be great Mm -hmm. down with that (laughs) sounds like there's a lot of endings for this one a lot definitely a lot more than i ever imagined yeah i was actually really disappointed when we ended it the first time 
<laughs> so I was like, wow, this is like a Me too, I was so sad. Yeah, it seemed really sudden the first time, like, oh, and they found him dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But see, now, now I'm more satisfied having, you know, slept in a garbage can being used to the smell of diapers, which may or may not be our own. <laughs> I found the one where we killed the midget. Oh, fantastic. Is, is it not the Twilight Zone one? No. Okay. But there's one where you do kill the midget. Okay. And so you have to go back to either hide in the kitchen or hide in the bedroom. And you go to the kitchen. Can we end on that one? Okay. Sure. All right. Let's do it. Hide in the kitchen. We're going to do it. We're going to get the midget. Hide in the kitchen. (laughs) Ding. You run to the kitchen trying to find anything you could use as a weapon. Your brand new Ginzu butcher knife sets gleams as bright as the idea bulb going off above your head. (laughs) Jeez. You grab the biggest one and hide behind the counter. Your heart pounds and it's hard to control your breathing, trying not to give away your hiding spot. A terrible feeling of despair overwhelms you as you hear mumbling noises from the living room above the noise of the TV. It's Alice calling your name. Suddenly, you hear another noise of metal hitting wood and Alice screaming in terror. You can't believe you left Alice lay there as the murdering midget starts to chop down the front door like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. What to do? Come out of hiding and try to save Alice or stay in hiding? Okay, look. In our defense, it is not that easy to drag an unconscious woman all around your house. Are you calling her fat? Ooh. <laughs> well, she's not going to be your wife that way. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to save Alice, but I also want to kill the midget. So I don't know which way you went. I would like to save Alice if possible. I think we should save Alice. Okay. Cool. I think that would be a good idea. This is the part of the story that ties in every the, the whole universe of this story. Mm-hmm. See, she's just our neighbor right now, but once we save her life from the murdering midget, she's like, oh, I want to marry you. And that's how yeah. we become married. See, See? guys, mm. this is how I met your mother. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> this would have been much better than the actual ending to How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> All right. Your heart is still pounding with fear as you find the courage to run back into the living room to try to get Alice. Alice is laying on the floor and screaming in terror as the back as the door is being demolished by the axe. Whack! Whack! The door is barely holding on. A big hole at the middle of the door exposes the crazy man's sweat-soaked face. He stops to look inside at both of you. Black strands of matted hair stick to his forehead as the glare of his yellow eyes stop you in your tracks. His lips pull back into an evil sneer and small corn kernel sized teeth gleam in the light of the living room saliva is dripping from the sides of his wicked smile <laughs> he begins to chop more furiously at the very weak barrier you grab alice under the arm and help her to her feet she screams to your touch but quickly realizes you've come to help her Quick, run for the back door, you say. Alice stares at you and you realize she could be going into shock. She suddenly nods yes and begins to run through the kitchen toward the back door. 
At the very moment, the door gives way to the furious blows, and now nothing is standing between you and him. The madman's chest heaves deeply as he takes a step into the room, his eyes darting everywhere. Sweat is dripping from his chin and earlobes. His eyes begin to look tired as they rest on you. He takes a swing at you with his axe, but is still too far to hit anything. He's obviously very tired from his battle with your front door. Or he's short-sighted. I, oh. oh. I wonder if he's ever heard of windows, you think. You have an opportunity to end this night of terror right now. Or you can take off the same way as Alice did. Which is it? Battle the midget or run out the back door? <laughs> can anyone resist the phrase battle the midget? You cannot. I cannot. <laughs> Alright, let's battle the midget. Let's battle the midget. You automatically look around the room for something to use as a weapon and suddenly remember the butcher knife you already clutch in your right hand. You quickly raise the knife above your head, triggering, triggering a response in the midget. He charges at you with all his fury, screaming at such a high pitch, it almost sounds inhuman. <laughs> the quickness of the frothing figure catches you off guard, his body hitting you right below the belt and knocking you back into the dining area. You both come crashing down onto the dinner table with a horrible thud. As you and the madman crash through the table and onto the hard tile floor, the back of your head hits the tile and a twinge of pain travels all the way down your spine and into your legs. You momentarily black out. When you come to your senses, everything seems blurry at first, but quickly comes into view. You've already got a headache, but that is the least of your fears. At your feet is the midget. He stands there with a wild-eyed look on his face. No more smiling or laughing, or screaming, just staring with axe held high. It's as if he's waiting for you to make your move. You feel around the floor with your right arm for the knife, but your fingers only come in contact with pieces of the dinner table. That's when it happens. The axe comes down quickly, severing your right bicep and fracturing your right humerus, blood no. spurting from the wound and hitting the tile. Screaming in pain, your left arm automatically comes over to cradle what's left of your right. Your screams are met with shrills and squeals of excitement from the midget. He starts to pace around your body, swinging the bloody axe at his side. Occasionally, you feel drops of your own fresh blood hit your face and mouth. You feel faint and want to just give up the ghost. Flashes of red and blue surround the walls of the living room and flood the dining room and kitchen. This is the police! We have you surrounded! Come out with your hands up! The midget stops at your feet, his head darting around the room, looking for a place to escape or hide. You take the opportunity to bring your, bring your legs up to your chest, rolling backwards, at the same time kicking as hard and as fast as you can. You can't be sure where you hit the creature, but you hear the axe clatter onto the tile floor. You scramble to your feet and wheel about in time to spot the butcher's knife laying by the back door. The thoughts of escaping don't even enter your terror-filled mind. 
With knife in hand, you whirl around and run over to where the midget is getting up to his knees. You come up behind him and put your blood-soaked right arm around the neck of the little man and bring the large knife in the left hand up over your head and deep into the chest cavity of the midget. You back away from the bloody mess and scream to the police for help. The midget screams in pain, his childlike hands pawing at the blade running deep into him. He still tries to get to his feet, but his legs wobble in fatigue. He falls onto his back and finally dies. Your arm begins to throb and you notice all the blood on the floor. You realize that your heart is pounding and you have lost a lot of blood. You start crying and you black out. So do you live or do you die? My god, this is the most like meta choice we've ever had on the show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Mm-hmm. I guess we should live, right? Should, because we have to. Like, we have to marry Alice and make life, the whole kids choose time. life. Choose life. Yeah. You awaken to red and blue flashing lights and the shrill sounds of a paramedic van. Three people surround your head. Two you don't recognize, but the other you know is your neighbor Alice. She's smiling down at you, and you give a weak smile back. She bends down to kiss you on the forehead. The other two are paramedics inserting a needle into your arm. You're already on your way to the hospital's emergency room. The pain from your right arm is dull, but still demands your semi-conscious attention. You figure you've been pumped full of morphine to ease the pain. Two weeks later, Alice comes to meet you at your physical therapy session and is amazed at your recovery. Your arm is healing fast, and the nightmares are starting to become few. You create a bond with Alice that only an experience of shared intensity can produce. Ooh. Bow, check it, bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> you receive high praises from the mayor, and your community offers to repair your home at no cost to you. Your 15 minutes of fame has arrived as your picture is plastered onto the TV screen, national magazines, and newspapers. As for the midget, his body lies in a bag in the county morgue. Two weeks ago, a large woman sporting a long, ZZ Top-like beard enters the room <laughs> Damn, to identify the body as once-known midget clown juggler Lil Bob from the Bingham Brothers <laughs> Circus, which was performing at the local fairgrounds. On that night, Bob took a hit of methadone right before his axe-juggling act and apparently went ballistic. He had everyone in the big top running for their lives. The autopsy uncovers the drug he bought in the streets to have been 99% pure. The mind-altering drug turned Bob from a cute juggling clown into a deranged killer. But you got him. You killed the murdering midget. The end. Yay. Note, Woo! you did it. Way to go, you midget butt-kicking hero you. You have mastered the game. Go back and check out the other crazy endings. Hooray! We did it! <laughs> All right. We did it! it we are midget butt-kicking well heroes. It took us a while, but we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, guys. Is it, is, is it in poor taste that, like... It, this isn't the only reference I've seen in this story that the author makes of the midget, like, working in the circus. Like... Midgets can have regular jobs. 
That's true. They don't I would say also come from the circus. But calling the midget a creature is not exactly and calling his hands childlike. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, that's just kind of creepy, well, really, as he's dying. But clearly, this midget's got skills because he juggles axes yeah. for a living. Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> See, this live by the axe, die by the axe. <laughs> no, he died. Oh, I guess he did. I was gonna say he died by the drugs. Well, he died by the butcher knife. Chop, chop. Which is almost an axe. Yeah, that's true. Well, we did it, guys. We killed the midget, and we got laid. And we got a new front door and a new dinner table. That, too. Well, if you listeners want to play, there's I'm sure there's other endings we didn't play, oh. even though we did play quite a few. Um, you listeners can play The Murdering Midget on ChooseYourStory.com. And again, that's a horror story by Small Fry. We haven't played a horror story in a long time. Because no, I remember... The first two, I think, yeah, we played on the show were horror. But have mm-hmm. we done any since yeah. then? No, I don't, think, don't so. think so. The mm. one where we realized that the piano's no good. There's always a dog. Oh yeah. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to see if I can find a Zomrom for the next one. Ooh. That would be pretty fantastic. Especially if you get to be the zombie. Mm-hmm. You be the zombie. Oh, by the way, on that ending thing where it says, do you die or do you live? Mm-hmm. I clicked on, do you die, just to see what happens, and it's the same ending. Yeah, you oh. still live. <laughs> Except you must live eternally with the knowledge that you would have rather died in that moment than lived, and it ravages your <laughs> inner life forever. Yeah. We had to stay alive and get better for Alice so that we could... Uh, Make you know, sweet, sweet love to her. Staying yeah. alive for the poontang. Well, you know. It's all that really matters. As we mentioned, probably halfway through the show, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast. And if you can't get enough of, of us there, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search for Go Your Own Way in the podcast section of the iTunes store thingy. And you could subscribe to us there and get us automatically filtered into your ear holes. And <laughs> that's that's the end. That's the end. Well, hear us next time, everybody. Bye. 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 For more original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news, visit Overmental.com. Thanks for listening.